Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to this week's episode of The Formula. My name is Trevor Carlson, and I will be your host for the evening. On The Formula, we break down and explore the elements of achievement in world-class performers. So what the hell does that even mean? It means that I get the opportunity to interview and talk with exceptional people in their field from around the world. We talk about their experiences, stories, and routines that have made them into the person that they are today. I'm really excited to share this interview with you. I had the opportunity to sit down with Noah Kagan, who is a chief sumo over at sumo.com, the former director of marketing at Mint, and he's just really an amazing dude. If you've ever read or seen any of his stuff online, he just you can tell he puts a lot of work, and he's a very, very knowledgeable guy about all the stuff that he does. There's a video I've been sharing with just about anybody who will listen. I think that's uh, the creative live video that Noah Kagan and Tim Ferriss did. Uh, It's up on YouTube. I'll throw that up in the show notes, but he just really, over that hour, he dropped some really good advice for everyone that I highly recommend that you check out. So I really appreciate Noah taking the time to show up on the show and uh, dropping some knowledge for all of us to learn from. So let's roll with the man who's known for his love of tacos, Noah Kagan. Most of the people in life, what I've realized is, are they going to do whatever the hell they want to do? They're yeah. just already going to do what they want to do. So what I try to do is, like, I just push them along their path because most of the time they're not going to listen to anybody else. And so I think with business, like, I just only tell people, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, here's how I do my things. You mm-hmm. do it whatever way you want to do it. Yeah. So uh, when I was doing some homework for this, I watched your and your and Tim Ferriss's Creative Live episode. Yeah. Where, where you had the guy with the toothbrush on. Mm. Uh, so I've been I've been forwarding that to a lot of a lot of the students. I'm like, guys, nice I'm man. Like, I'm like, this is go like go do this. <laughs> just do what he did. Yeah, like just just go go talk to people. Uh, go go see if people give you money for something. Like and and then if they're not going to give you money, ask them why not or what it would have to do for them to to be able to pay you, and then go do that or something. Something. Well, dude, I had a crazy experience. I had a crazy experience last week. I got invited to Entrepreneur Magazine uh, in New York, and they have a video session. Uh, th- this is so crazy. They have a, it's not crazy. Crazy is like aliens coming. <laughs> this is just like interesting. So they have a session called Tough Love Tuesday, and they bring on these experts. Yeah. Fuck that means. And uh, they brought me on for email or marketing or something. And uh, and now I've started a few businesses. Some have done well. A lot of them have failed. And I go to her, and she's like, all right, I need you to help with the email marketing part. So I go to her site, and I'm like, before we get this, and she's, they've had a bunch of experts on. That's why I do the air quotes. And as she's, and we're doing this, her site's called thisdogslife.co, and it's a blog about dogs, which I'm like, either you're too single, or, you know, you've got issues when you write about your dogs this much, in my opinion. Uh, (laughs) And so I was teasing her the whole time, to her face, not behind her back. And I was like, you know, we can talk about the email marketing, but let's talk about your business. I was like, how, how long have you been working on this blog? And she said, two years. I've written two blog posts a day for two years. And I said, number one, that's impressive because most people give up after a month because they don't see a magic million-dollar business. Mm-hmm. They hear Tim or me or someone talk about how we have a lot of money, but they don't realize I've been working on this 17 years. Damn. Yeah. 17 years I've been making shit websites. Like, okdork.com, go look in the archive.org. It used to be – and like I have everspeed.com and all these shitty websites. And so she's wrote for two years, which was impressive – and I said, well, how much money are you making? She's like, 
I well, I've made forty dollars. I was like, in two years, you've made forty dollars. And then I said, all right, well, how much have you spent on your website? Guess how much you spent in two years mm. to make forty bucks? Ah, uh, four or five grand, maybe. If she built it herself, she has spent forty-five thousand dollars. Oh my god, <laughs> that's nuts. Forty-five thousand. So I'm like, hold on, you've brought on all these experts, and no one's fucking called you out that you haven't made shit for money. Like, what are these other people doing? And so that's where we spent the whole we spent the whole hour focusing on. And I think the the thing that was helpful for her. So I do commend her that she committed for a long time doing something. Which if anyone works for like a long period of time for every day, they will get what they want. But you you know if it's a business, you have to probably make sure you're it's a real business. So what I said is like, all right, for the next you have from now until the end of the year to make a thousand dollars in profit. And then we made a list of all the options. And the two things that were, and then we asked the people watching to list options. None of it's rocket science. I'm not genius. I just do it. That's where my, that's where I win. So with her, what we did is two things. One, I said, call, get on the phone right now and call your friends to sell them something related to dogs. So she invented dog toothpaste that you just put in your dog food. So your dog just eats it and gets good teeth and good breath. I don't fucking know. I'm or whatever. <laughs> but she called her friends live and was like, yo, hey, I've got this dog food. It's 30 bucks. Would you buy it? And they bought it. And she's like, I've been waiting all this time to make it. She was launching it in January. And uh, then she emailed. Now, every day, I told her, for every day you have to call three people. And then at the end of the day, email me how it goes. So I think the things I would recommend for others is like limit your time. So she's had two years where she was waiting. So if you're trying to launch a business, give yourself a window. And two, have some accountability. Maybe it's with, it's with you, Trevor, or someone else where it's like every day you check in on me and you only have to do one simple thing. For her, it's talk to three people to sell them the dog stuff. And so now she's made $1,200 in the past two weeks. It's, and if she would have waited until January, who knows what, what would have happened then. I mean, uh, that's, that, those stories kind of hurt a little bit when I hear them because I've seen a lot of other people where they're like, I've been working on this for three years. I'm going to do this thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, how, how, many, how many sales? How are you doing? They're like, oh, we haven't sold anything yet. We're still figuring, out, figuring it out. I'm like, you, you, they're, they're doing a subscription box. I'm like, uh, <laughs> guys, <laughs> like... I mean, you could have called me and I would have given you 50 bucks because I, I want your box, but you never called me or texted me or anything. So one of, one of the questions I really wanted to ask you after watching that uh, Creative Live video is why do you think people get stuck in that phase where they have something they've made or they have something they're working on and then they just kind of get stuck in that. I don't even know what you call that area, but yeah, pre-validation or, or whatever. I don't know. Everybody, you know. It's unbelievable to me. Do you know what's unbelievable to me? How many fucking books, YouTube, and courses there are about starting a business? Has no one figured out a, a formula to start a business? Like you need to buy more books and read more shit. Uh, it just it blows my mind. So here's why everyone doesn't do it. It's actually really really simple. They are scared of getting rejected. Like that is it at the end of the day. Why don't they ask their friends for it? Because they don't want their friends to think of them as a failure. Why did most people do all the other things? Because they don't have to find out the truth. That maybe no one wants what they're doing and they're wasting their time. But it's easier to keep playing behind a, getting a domain and building your site and getting your podcast ready to launch. And then finally, maybe someone would eventually buy something. And the counter argument to this that I, that's, that I would say to like, well, OK, no, you're, you're a dick and you're a liar is that, well, you know, Elon Musk didn't build a car. He has to, you know, he can't just build a car. You have to build the car and see if people want it. Well, you know, the Tesla three, he sold half a million of them before he built shit. How do you even know it existed? You don't. 
but he's telling you what you're going to get. He tells you when you're going to get it, and he sells it and sees if people wants it. Guess what? If no one bought it, he's probably not going to make it. And so my bigger encouragement is not that you shouldn't build big things, build rockets, build get us to Mars, bitches. I don't care. But my thing with a business versus a nonprofit, if you're a nonprofit, I don't care what you do. But if you're a business, just make sure it's a business right away and then go dick around with all the other stuff. And I think it's just easier and safer to play on the side of never having to find out the find the rejection. So that's why I mean, if you've seen some of my stuff, I always encourage people to do the coffee challenge mm-hmm. where you go to Starbucks and ask for 10 percent off. They reject you. And then you're like, oh, I guess it's not that bad to ask for things. Uh, there's other ones like one of my new favorite ones is I always I do a newspaper challenge. So when I go out to the news, the airport, I ask for newspapers. If you're like, I'm reading it. I'm like, is there any part you're not reading? And they're like, yeah, here you weirdo. Uh, or the high five challenge, which is you go on the street and try to high five strangers. And all of this is building up that ask muscle because in your business, you start getting comfortable saying, I want to ask for your money in exchange for something I think you'll really appreciate. That's some really good stuff because it's like it's for some reason you don't ever really get any practice doing that. Like people go to school for business or entrepreneurship or they watch the videos but then when it comes to uh so i'm there was a there was a kickstarter that i backed i don't know okay. eight, eight months ago and it was for somebody a friend of mine's podcast i threw him a couple hundred bucks and then you know i started my podcast like two months later i just dropped episode 19 and 20 he, nice man yeah thank you he uh i think he is on yeah he hasn't released any yet because he's like well we're preparing everything for it we're preparing this, preparing that. I'm like, dude, I used my iPhone headphones. I called up like my, my buddy Drew Curtis and a few other guys. And I was just like, hey, uh, you guys cool to sit down for an hour and just chat with me and see if this is worth the shit. <laughs> and, okay. then, uh, and then we just did it and some people listened and I had fun. So we just kept going. So I think it's just like, like on that note, it's like almost there's like a fear of breaking down that like picture in your head. Like, you know what I mean? When they're like, they're like building up, well, if I do all these things and, and this podcast blows up, then, you know, I'll be as, I'll be like rich and famous someday. But then if you never launch the podcast, you don't have to have that dream kind of go away, you know? I mean, we're all going to die. I think about this all the time. And then I, I, I think now, and you said, oh, well, Noah, you're a little bit older or maybe you have more money, so you don't have to even work. Uh, you know, as a person or as a, for me, I like working, but, but I spend more of my time thinking, what's the best use of my time? And so that's why I hired an assistant. You can hire an assistant off of like, you know, Elance or HireMyMom.com for like 15 bucks an hour to do a lot of the shit you don't want to do. It's not like rich person anymore. You can have your own private driver now. It's called Uber or your own mansion called Airbnb. And I think people just need to evaluate. Not that about, it's not about not working hard. It's just about what do you want to work on and spending a little bit of time on that. And then once you get that, it's just like, all right, well, what's the best use of your time in it? So for example, like when we started AppSumo.com, I'm, I love the chaos. I love like uncertainty. I like like when I'm not sure of how things are going to work and I have to make it work. But once it gets to this point where there's meetings, like think about this. You want to hear crazy? I was at Facebook and when there was 150 people, we had meetings with like 10 people in them or 20 people in them. And I was just unbelievably restless and I thought everyone was stupid and and I just couldn't. <laughs> and then we had to do like project management and all this other shit. And my friend reminded me of that. He's like, do you realize, remember when you're at Facebook, you thought it was too slow at 150? Now they have 15,000 people. And so I think in general, what I've, the wisdom that I think I've learned is that figure out what your strength is and just spend all of your time in that. And anything not your strength, find someone else who that is their strength. So David Kelly is a guy I work with and I love David. He, his strength is organization. He loves being behind the scenes and helping me be organized shit. And I don't, and I'm like, you, every time I ask, like maybe once a month, I'm like, dude, do you like this? 
And he's like, oh, I love it. I love it more than anything. I'm like, okay. So with all the things you do, if you're not, a, no, 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 you don't have to start a business, but find someone who's did that you can help them with maybe accounting or maybe it's the sales part or maybe it's the coding part and basically figure out your sweet spot, stay there and then build a dream team around you on those other pieces. How do you find your sweet spot? So the easiest thing to do to find your sweet spot is just reflect in the past six months. What part, what have you done that you woke up earlier for or you stayed up later on? For example, for me with Sumo, like if we start a new marketing channel, I'm like really excited. Like we're starting to target Shopify and like Shopify e-commerce customers. I'm really excited. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get going. Once it's going, I pretty much lose interest. Mm-hmm. And it's not bad. It's not like, oh, well, wow, Noah. It's just like, but I know that's knowing yourself. So just look back on what you got excited about and what you did really well in the past six months and just go focus on doing that. And I think what what we're somewhat conditioned to do though is that like hey i suck at this let me go fix it and you don't have to that's why like and and if you think about economics at a higher scale it's like countries win by specializing we do this well you do that well perfect let's trade and i think you can bring that down on an individual level to be like let me just be like amazing at one thing and obviously you have to evolve with it but at the one area just go and do that i totally agree because uh have you read the book uh one thing by jay papasan and gary keller yeah, I like I like essentialism as well. Is that very similar to one thing? Yeah, it's I'd like the way they he, they presented it in essentialism. That really resonated with me with me. Okay. I'll have to... It's similar to the it's similar to the one thing, which is find one thing and then just do that. Yeah, and do it well. <laughs> I think that what it amazes me and I know you're an ed, you're no, you're a educator of helping people. You're Idaho, right? Or is it Iowa? Iowa. 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 And I think what's amazing to me is that um there's everything a lot of these things in life I think most people know. I don't think things that you and I are sharing with them are like I can't believe it. Oh my God, the world is flat. This is crazy. But they don't do it. They know this shit, right? But they still don't do it. And I, I think part of me just sometimes is surprised. And it, you know, it's like waiting for that next nugget of information that's not going to come. Yeah. Once I have that next, once I have that next thing, or I mean, who knows what it could be? It could be the next thing, the next dollar, whatever it is. Then I'll do whatever X is. What What advice do you give those people to like kind of? get off their ass and take the take the next step. Well, so I think your point with the one thing, let me give you an example and then we'll talk about the next thing cuz I'm a I'm totally guilty of it. I'm 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 like sick with the grass is greener syndrome. But in terms of the one thing, here's a clear example of it. Uh, on Monday I was working with our product manager at sumo.com and I was like, "Yo, here's a list of all the marketing requests I need to be successful and they're in order of like category 1, category 2, category 3, all the way to category 5." And then he basically said to me, he's like, all right, I'm only going to do one thing for you this week, which is actually the most important. And I was like, um, that's a great question. I'm like, if you only did this one, I'd want that. And I think that was a great reminder because we all know just to do the most important thing. But I think everyone does their top five priority instead of a priority and then finishing that and then choosing another priority. I think Warren Buffett has a similar thing, which is like, make a list of 15 things you got to do. All right, circle three. All right, circle one. Now go do that one. Uh, in terms of the grass is greener mentality, I think there's two parts. I've had a lot of jealousy. Like I see certain friends that like Facebook people, let's be specific. They are buying hotels. One of them has a McLaren and I'm like driving a Miata. Okay. Why? Cause I actually like, I've had a nicer car and I really like my Miata and my scooter. But I think the point is, is you have to figure out what your level of success, how you measure yourself. That's number one. And what your measurement of success is. Don't worry. Everyone else is killing it. It's never one thing I've taught myself. It's never better somewhere else. Every time I see another company, I'm like, 
Oh, they're like, oh, no. Like someone looks at our company. Oh, AppSumo and Sumo.com. You guys must be making all this money. It must be so easy. It's like it's never as great as you think it is. So that's number one. And the second thing is that um, there's to be successful, just keep doing the things that got you successful. So that's one of my buddy Adam's quotes from mybodytutor.com, which is like, if you did X to do marketing, just go and keep doing X. Almost 99% of the time, that next thing that's finally going to fix your business is very common in startups. So when you're starting a, a product, you're like, oh, this next feature is really going to save us. This next feature is going to blow us up. And from my experience, that's never the case. Literally never. But I still think it is. I still think, oh, if we only do this one new feature, it'll save the company. Uh, and most of the times, it's just going back to the core and going back to the things that were working originally that'll keep you going instead of just trying to find the next new thing. So I think knowing that and getting that in your mindset of like, all right, the shiny object syndrome is not the answer kind of relieves you of like, okay, this is the shiny object. Let me just go back to things that are working before and just keep doing those. You know, the whole feature thing, right? If we do this, if we make, once we make this next thing or do that, then, you know, all this will happen. So what do you recommend they do instead of like launching that next feature? Is it just kind of going back to what made the company work first in the, in the first place? Well, I think the easiest solution is just keep making what's working work better. So what is, what the hell does that mean? So with AppSumo, as a specific example, we used to do weekly deals and then we're like, well, that works, but only sales happen on the first and last day. So we're like, why don't we just make the deals two days? So every day is a great day. And then what we did is that, uh, instead of trying to create new things, it's like, all right, well, what if instead of every deal getting every deal used to get a, two promotions, like a promotion the first day and second day, but only if it was good quality. And what does that mean? Is if it hits a certain amount of revenue. And so that would maybe be one out of every five deals. So not every deal would get these explosions of two promotions. So then we were like, well, how do we solve that? And so then we figured out a system so that we can make sure that every deal we promote does well. And so I think the big thing is that it's like, what's already working? How can I do more of it? And then the second piece of this is that, well, you're like, well, no, then, you know, Blockbuster did that and look how they did, right? Because they just kept making the Blockbuster work better. I think what you have to be aware of is that think about, you know, experiment with one day a week. Everyone, you talked about the one thing. The one thing is basically 80-20, right? What's the thing that gets the biggest results? So what I encourage everyone to do and what I do is that I commit my Fridays to experimentation. My Fridays are like my fuck around day. Related to work, but still fuck around because that's where I'm gonna figure out the next new thing, but I'm not risking the main thing for it. So four days a week, focus on what works. One day you experiment, and you can apply that to your marketing, 80% four days a week on one thing, 20% on experiment. Same with everything. Same. Google does it with their development. Four days a week, make the main shit. One day a week, fuck around. It's 20% time. What was the last big breakthrough that you had on your fuck around day? Um, one of the major ones was figuring like this, we created the system of how to test titles for podcasts and YouTube and blog posts. We figured out our own way. And that was cause I fucked around on our blog on the okay dork blog doing that. Um, do you, uh, you want to share any secrets on that? <laughs> no, not, not really. I know. I'm yeah. Uh, it was basically figuring out a way to test the titles using Facebook ads and then based on click through rates, uh, figuring out which one has the highest chance of going, getting more shares. So I was, I was running a similar experiment here recently using uh, landing page variations. So like testing the click-through rates on the titles of the podcast. And then I was testing out different, uh, I was using Instapage to test out variations for landing page titles, sign-up buttons, stuff like that. So it's like, can you, if they click through to read this blog and you have, the, you have your Instapage variation, how can you get them to you know, throw their email into the box before they actually read the blog? Something yeah, I like mean, that. <laughs> most of the experiment, I mean, I think with the experimentation to the, the point that we were talking about, most of it shouldn't work. Right. Because <laughs> if, it, if, if all of your experiments are working, they're not experiments. Because an experiment, by theory, is an uncertain outcome. 
Mm. It's an experiment. So mostly, you know, I think we calculated historically. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about this, but we've used, we took all of our A-B tests over like five years of running this business and no joke, 85% of them did not work. Of all of the A-B tests we've done, which is thousands of them in five years. So it's like most things experiment wise don't work just to give you some like specific math around that. Yeah, that seems like it makes sense from like a probability standpoint, though, because if it was, you know, if it was any better than that, everybody out there would be running successful tests and then it would just be like <laughs> everyone would have a huge company if it was so easy. My stepdad always says that, like if success was so easy, everyone would be rich. The other thing, yeah, I mean, you can even look at my YouTube stuff. So it's all hobbies. But on my YouTube, I've done, I think, 50 new videos this year. Three of them have done well. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> right. So just to give you and what is well, I mean, it means over 20,000 views. Uh, you know, it's not millions, but it's just I'm happy with it. The point being, though, is that you have to experiment to finally find the ones that eventually work and then do more of those. So we found that interviews of popular YouTube people and making this like they're behind the scenes worked well for us. And then so from there, now we're making a bunch of those and then we're going to start experiment. So that'll be our core. And then we start experimenting with other videos. When are those going to be dropping? Three up. And we have another one coming out tomorrow. Oh, nice. Sorry, you kind of broke up there for a second. Did you say you have three up and one coming out tomorrow? We, well, we have three of these types that we found work, so now we've created more of them. One of the other questions I w really wanted to ask you, and <laughs> there's one other one, but I'm kind of, I'm not sure how exactly. Do it. Okay. Just uh, do it. All right. So I put up a little question on our Facebook page about what if you could ask Noah, uh, Noah Kagan one question, what would it be? Oh, sure. And somebody uh, decided to ask about the whole Tony Robbins thing. They, they, <sighs> they yeah, this is... This nice. Is, I'm kind of holding back a little on this one, but they're no, like, "Go for it, man! Don't hold back. You right. live once." <laughs> they uh, they wanted to know how you justified writing the article about leaving the Tony Robbins conference to then publishing an article about how you benefited from it, from his audience or something like that, or or what the purpose behind that was. Yeah. So I went to Tony. I've liked Tony Robbins. I still like Tony Robbins. I still recommend Tony Robbins. Uh, I went to one of his workshops to unleash the power within. Mm -hmm. I went with an open mind. I went by myself. Yeah. I went, you know, very optimistic and it wasn't, it didn't serve what I was looking to do with, mm -hmm. with work around relationships and work around my work. And so I left and I thought it was a topic that no one's talking about. And so I, I spent three months writing about it Yeah, and I published it. And uh, it went viral, meaning like 100,000 plus people saw it in a, at least a day. Maybe I don't know the exact number, but more than that. And uh, yeah, it definitely sparked a lot of controversy. Mm -hmm. And just to give you context, you know, how I talked about experiments. I've written over 700 blog posts in, in 17 years and only three of them have gone viral. That's insane, man. <laughs> and maybe I suck. So that's probably one part of it. Uh, but the other part is just, you know, you got to keep trying. You got to stick with stuff. Right. Uh, it's, it's like you got to you got to learn to be okay with sucking at something for a while. Yeah. And haven't, I like writing and I like seeing people comment and, and exploring it. And, so, and then we wrote it uh, to your, the person's question. Then, then we wrote an article on sumo.com about how Tony Robbins does his marketing mm -hmm. and he is, he's a sumo.com customer. Um, I think we handled it poorly and I've reached out to them and we've talked about how I could have better approached that situation where I could have let them known ahead of time. Uh, if we want, you know, as we want to keep working with them as a customer. I think in general, though, the, the thing that's interesting for other people out there is that I think there's an opportunity if you're writing about things to like go try stuff that people are all watching, like go buy Ty Lopez's course and document it. And, you know, don't you have to be a contrarian, but I would say, you know, Tim Ferriss, to some extent, he's a good friend, 
has gotten pop. He got popular originally because he presented a lot of ideas that people had were like, oh, that's not possible. <laughs> and he showed how to make it possible. And he experimented with it himself. And so, you know, I think that's what I would take away for a lot of the people that are that maybe asked that question. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I read your article and I was like, oh, yeah, this I if I had that same experience, I probably would have left, too. Right. And I, I didn't think there's anything, uh, you know, I was just like, oh, yeah, a couple of interesting articles, some good information there. But, uh, you know, they some guys wanted to, to have the answer to that question. So I figured I'd run it by you. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think with everything in life, it's not about Noah. No one cares. You know who? No one cares about Noah. You know what everyone cares about? What's that? Themself. Ah. Themselves. No one gives a shit about me. And that's fine. Everyone cares about their own lives, which they should. It's only their moms and themselves uh, are the people that, that they care about. And so, you know, with the different questions, it's like, how can I help that person? So I think that the thing there is that, number one, I've written a lot of articles. Not all of them do well. Number two, I think if you're writing about stuff that's in the middle, then no one's going to give a shit about it. If you're, if I said, Hey, I went to Tony Robbins, it was good. It was bad. This is it. But I, and I, I wrote about it objectively in the sense of, I said a lot of positive things, but I also, not many people say they don't go. Cause a lot of people are not a lot of people say that didn't work out for them. I've talked to, I don't know. I talked to like 10 people before I went to Tony Robbins and every single one of them was like, this is the best thing ever. It changed my life. And I was like, and then after that I asked them, I said, did it really change your life? They're like, no, but I didn't want to tell you about it. Uh. And I was like, you're a bad friend. <laughs> Absolutely, they're a bad friend. No, but, been... and it's look. I'm not. I still think people should go to Tony Robbins. I still recommend. I still like him. I just think you got to exper- experiment stuff for yourself. See how it goes, and be okay sharing stuff that maybe is a little bit contrarian to some extent. Not just for that point of it, but if you generally believe that. And you know what I've noticed with stuff is that the stuff in the middle doesn't get recognized. Yeah, if you're if so, you're not. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, one, it took me three months to write it. Not not just because I'm not a slow writer. <laughs> be like, well, he sucks because he's not a spell. No, I wrote it, wrote it, editor, wrote it, wrote it, editor. So I think that maybe the biggest takeaway is besides just, you know, giving a contrarian point is that you generally will get out whatever you put in. So if you're trying to get someone to respond to your email and you write a one minute email, there's probably a reason no one's responding. That's a really good point. And I can think of uh, quite a few times where I've been like, man, I'm just going to crank out a few emails to this long list. And then I get no responses. And I'm like, what? Come on, man. But uh, to your point, I didn't invest enough time, so they're probably not going to invest very much time in return. I, I mean, I want you to succeed, dude. I'm just saying, like, even the same for me. Like, I, there's certain people I want to get. Like, I'm like, oh, man, I'd love to talk to that person or have lunch with that person. And they don't respond to me. And I'm like, well, how much did I really put into doing it? Here's a simple one. If anyone wants to get anyone to respond to them, two things. One, just send them a thank you. That's the first thing you email them. Hey, I love your shit because it changed my life because of this. That's it. No, don't ask for something. And then follow up with them a month later with some light request. You'll get everyone to respond with you. But most people don't send a give. They don't help them out. And then they don't follow up. And I'm like, there's probably a reason. That's why you're not getting what you want. Yeah. And I've been asked a bunch of times, like, how, like, how, do, you, how do you build relationships with these people? Or how do you build relationships with those people? I'm like, well, like, for example, in the last week, uh, I'm friends with a videographer who does uh, videos for, like, uh, Kendrick and Lamar, uh, Kendrick Lamar and uh, Schoolboy Q and a few other oh, guys. Oh, what's his name? Ben Haggerty. I've seen, uh, dude, his videos are, are fire. Oh, yeah, dude. So he's, and he just dropped a podcast. Uh, I'll plug it for him, Black With No Cream. I think he said it was the best fucking podcast on the, uh, the iTunes store, but uh, that guy's that guy's going to do some, I mean, he's already doing good stuff, but he's going to do some some even better uh, crazy stuff. So I can, I'm connecting him with a guy out of Silicon Valley that's making an app for doing like testimonials and all this stuff. Uh, Brian Alvey uh, is making an app called Clipisode. So I'm like, 
I don't get anything out of it. I just think that they would uh, hit it off well, and there could be an opportunity for Ben to use the app for what he's doing, and then Brian could get some great feedback. I I don't get shit out of it, but that's kind of how I build relationships. So I'm just like, hey, you guys are both cool. Why don't you talk? Dude, that's dope, man. Go ask for things. You never know what you're going to get. And there's no, as much as people hate or like Donald Trump, uh, he said in his book, which is good if you ignore that he wrote it, uh, well, I guess he didn't even actually write it, people say. But there's no there's no downside to asking. There's almost and there's no cost. So if there's no downside and there's no cost, then there's only upside. So if anything, go ask for stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I have like two quick questions or two or three quick questions before you bounce out of here, if that's cool. Oh, yeah, man. Um last three questions I usually ask every guest. I'm sure you've probably said this a bunch of times. Um, but uh what's your daily routine like? Uh it, it dude, my daily routine has varied over the years. Um I've experimented with so many different ways of doing it, like meditating in the morning or like having an ice shower or ice water. You know, I think at some point in your life, you just kind of get used to how things are in the morning and you're probably not going to change it too much. So as I was telling someone earlier today, just buy a nice bed, go expend as much, take all the money you have in the bank, get a nicer computer and phone and then get a nicer bed and your whole day will be better and learn how to type better and get a speed up your trackpad on your computer and your overall life will be better. Uh, my habits now are I, like, I'll just tell you what I did this morning. And I'll just be straight. I woke up. I make my bed every morning. Why? Because it just feels good. I come home. It's clean. And you get a little win in the morning. Then I keep my phone out of my bedroom. I go to the phone. I've removed email from my phone. I don't have Facebook or Twitter. Uh, I have Instagram. And I follow basically people that do fitness and like healthy cooking. I scroll through that. And I look at a few of these. I look at Slack and text to see if my girlfriend texted me or anything from work. I put that down, take a morning poop. You know, you got to get your bowel movements. If you don't get a good bowel movement, you're not going to have a good day. Uh, Can I quote <laughs> you on that? <laughs> for sure. Bowel, dude, it's like a victory right in the morning. And then today, you know, I took a he I have Hebrew class twice a week. So I think you should try to learn something in the morning, whether you read a book, if you do a podcast, if you do a video, uh, or do some type of exercise. So like Friday morning, tomorrow morning, I'm going to go for a bike ride to get tacos. So I bike to this place, I get a tacos and I bike home. So some type of like benefit learning and I pretty much get to work, dude. I don't, I've been experimenting with no breakfast till noon. So I just don't eat anything. I have coffee until noon and then I work most of the day until six. Um, I think the things that I can give people suggestions about what have made my day better or what, what's made me effective. I have an assistant. So even if you're not rich, you can get an assistant for 15 bucks an hour from Fiverr or freelancer, Upwork, hiremymom.com, whatever that is. I love that site. Or time, et cetera. TimeEtc.com. There's like super cheats so my brother uses. Hire an assistant, number one. Plan your weeks out on Sunday, number two. So every Sunday, I look at my calendar and I say, what shit am I not excited about? And I know people are like, well, no, I've got meetings and I'm, I'm working at a company. I'm like, okay, fine. Some of them you have to do, but there's probably ones in there that you don't have to do. So just be a little bit more aggressive about cutting things on Sunday and then, enter, and then adding things that you want to do so that you can look forward to in the week. So tonight I'm going to Macklemore with my girlfriend. And I knew on Sunday that was coming. And so every Sunday night, I have things I didn't want to do, cut those. And things I do want to do, add those. And so it makes your week much more um, fulfilling because you know you're doing the things you, that are important for yourself. I mean, I think that that's overall uh, been some of the most helpful stuff that I've, I've found uh, through my days. What would you say is the uh, most impactful book that you've read? I mean, ever? What book do I quote the most? I, I would say if you could only read one book, like I think a question that might be a better way of framing it is like if I could only read one more book hmm. for business, the business one would probably be uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's just foundational. I mean, that book has just got it's got the aspect for a, a great way to be a good human and, and run your business effectively. Um, 
on the personal book, I don't know. I generally, you know, I think I'm a novels tea seeker where I always like reading the next new book. Like, and so I, I generally don't reread. Same with movies, I don't rewatch. Um, this year, I've really liked Daniel Suarez's books. So Daniel Suarez wrote a lot of books about like near fi computer stuff. So like, what happens when the computers take over? Uh, so there's a book called Damon uh, that I highly recommend by him. So I would reread that. It's pretty wild. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that one out. Uh, a couple guys I know are writing a book called uh, "Don't Give Robots Guns." Uh, so it's uh, Adam Savage and Drew Curtis are gonna be dropping that in May, I believe. So should be pretty solid if it's. Don't give. Oh, it's not out yet. That sounds no, no. cool. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen the the draft or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's that's gonna be way cool. So. Last question for oh, you, really? man. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be. It's it's. They went around and they interviewed yeah. a uh, a bunch of people like Elon Musk, uh, Bezos, guys that are working on three D printing human organs, stuff like that. So, and they put dude, it that's book. dope. I love it. No, it sounds good. So that's like a science. That's like real. This is mine are like fake science science fiction. Oh, these like, are these are like these are things that are gonna happen type of books. <laughs> yeah, the the book that book I was recommending is what could happen. So that, that's why I like it. Oh, I gotcha. I uh, I definitely enjoy a few of those too. William Hurtling has a few um, based on like artificial intelligence or what would happen if you know or what's what could happen socially once computers become self aware. Scary. Who's that? Who wrote that? Uh, William Hurtling, H E R T L I N G. I think it's like the Avogadro series or something like that. They're they're way good. Avogadro theories. Av- Avogadro, kind of like av- avocado, but so there's a what G's. do you call it? Avogadro. Oh, I started reading his and like, yeah, I, I couldn't super get into it, but I definitely started reading him a little bit. Yeah, the first one was a little rough because I don't think he's like a normal writer, but, um, you know, he got he got better from there on. Man, I want to say uh, thanks for taking the time to, to show up on the show today. Uh, one last question. Is there any any uh, any message or anything that you would like to leave the audience with or anything that you would like to uh, plug that you have coming out? Yeah, I want to see the state of Iowa rise up. Like you guys are more than just the Hawkeyes. I want to see some big ass tech company come out of Iowa. So like, come like prove your shit and kick everyone's ass. Like you guys need to dominate, and you guys figure some angle that you guys can win on, and then just go hard on it. And I want to be like, yeah, I know Trevor Carlson from Iowa. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! I uh, I hope that day comes. You can be like, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I've heard of Trevor. He's a he's a pretty good guy. <laughs> yeah, you're like, don't respond to my emails anymore. That's the day I want. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for this week's show. I want to say thank you for Noah for showing up and allowing us to interview him this week. And if you'd like to follow anything that Noah puts out or anything, any blog posts that he writes, anything like that, go ahead and follow him on Twitter. That's at Noah Kagan. Or head over to Facebook. You can find some of his stuff if you head over to the OK Dork Facebook page. Uh, The original reason that I was connected with Noah is because I had taken his course that was recommended by Paul Singh, the Email 1K course, and you can find that at email1k.com. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's really helpful. It really helped me really blow up my email list from just a few hundred to a few thousand in a very short period of time. Now, on another note, if you think you would enjoy or you might be interested in receiving other podcasts, blog posts, uh, maybe some ramblings, who knows, some guides, all kinds of stuff, go ahead and head over to helixacademy.co and sign up for our newsletter. My name is Trevor Carlson, and I would like to thank you for tuning in this week, and I look forward to you stopping by or listening next time. <laughs>